0: I'm Sharon Betters, and you are listening to a Help and Hope resource produced by Mark Inc. Ministries. When you visit our website at markinc.org, you're going to find many more free resources just like this one, each one designed to encourage listeners in their own life journeys, and each one addresses a life crisis that is often experienced in isolation or is really hard to talk about. Each resource also equips those who want to better understand their hurting loved one and how to help. I am so glad that you're joining me today for my conversation with Lisa Kowal. Lisa and I share a medical diagnosis that turned our lives upside down, but also transformed our thinking in a way that has helped us view life through a different grid. Over 30 years ago, I heard the diagnosis of breast cancer. And less than a year ago, Lisa was given a similar diagnosis. In our conversation, Lisa is going to share her journey as a means of offering help and hope to others who are struggling to find a way forward after hearing such shocking news. Lisa, welcome and thank you.
1: Thank you so much for letting me share my story. I work full-time as an engineering designer for a power company where I handle all their engineering drawings in an electronic database. I'm happily married with four daughters, and I come from a loving child at home, and I'm the youngest of four. We're a church-going family, but something was missing. In my mid-20s, I developed a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm grateful to have had the comfort of his love through many hardships I've had in my life, like the death of my mother when I was eight months pregnant with my youngest child, and then most recently with the sudden death of my second oldest brother, two major heartaches that I could not handle alone without the help of our Lord. In fact, I'm still grieving my brother who's been gone about a month. It's not my year, that's for sure. It's been a rough one, that's for sure.
0: Well, I know that your life has been very full and active. And of course, having the experience of the trauma of your diagnosis and then the death of your brother has um, been quite, I, I don't even know how to uh, express it, but anyone listening would know that's a lot for anybody to handle. And for sure, I know that breast cancer was not on your radar screen. So how did you know that you had breast cancer?
1: I get my mammograms every 12 months like clockwork. And I also go to my OBGYN the same time every year. And I usually get my mammogram first and then go to the doctor. But that year I did it in reverse. It's a good thing though. My doctor discovered a swollen lymph node in my left armpit. She had asked me if I'd been sick, and I don't usually get sick, and so I said no. And she told me that I needed to get my mammogram ASAP with a special concentration on my lymph nodes where they were going to look more closely. If I had done my mammogram first, they may not have concentrated on those areas as closely. So my advice to all women out there is please get your mammograms like clockwork. Mm -hmm. I, I did, and they still discovered my cancer. If I had waited, it could have been worse because my breast cancer was aggressive.
0: I remember uh, myself, I went for my OBGYN checkup and I uh, had a tender spot in, in my breast and the doctor said, I don't think it's anything, but I think we want you to get a mammogram. And the mammogram showed that there was a tumor, rather large tumor, that was encased in a milk duct. So it was like, like a cyst that had that, that terrible invasive disease. And uh, so I, too, really want an aggressive doctor. And I want to tell women, get a mammogram. Keep up with your mammograms because yeah. they, they have saved a lot of lives. And I guess we're two of them. That technology has helped us. What, what was going through your mind when you re- received your diagnosis?
1: My first thought when they told me I had breast cancer was I don't want to lose my hair. <laughs> I, I, I feel your
0: pain. I felt the yeah. same way.
1: I mean, I just, I, ju- I went right there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I had great hair and I couldn't imagine I would lose it. Um, grown back with um, lots of curls. <laughs>
0: and it's lovely.
1: <laughs> you know, thank you. Well, I'm, I get to decide on new hairstyles I never would have ever thought of. So uh, cause so I always had long hair. So this is like I'm gonna try like, I don't know, eight different ones on its way to getting long. Good oh, for you. Good that, for that's you. kind of exciting though to look through catalogs and you know, Google like pixie haircuts and stuff. Well,
0: I like you. One of my first thoughts when I realized I was gonna to have to have chemo was I'm going to lose my hair. And the second thing was say back then, 30 years ago, it was a given. If you had chemo, you were gonna be really sick and you're gonna throw up a lot. And that was my thought too is I I hated being sick to my stomach, like anybody. But yeah. I, I felt as though I was being given a sentence that every time I had chemo, I was going to be so sick. And that's that was where my first thought went. It was something because I I didn't think, oh, I'm gonna die. That wasn't my first thought. <laughs> which <didn't> was, <laughs> Yeah, which I but later, later, I have to admit, I had some, oh, some of too. those thoughts. Yeah. What have been some of your biggest struggles during uh your since your diagnosis and during your treatment
1: some of my biggest struggles and were when i went through my lumpectomy i was off work for 5 weeks due to a multiple lymph node dissection they had to remove and i was home and my mind wandered and i started to go into the negatives and i was able to work full time when i had chemo for 5 months which i was blessed i don't know how i got how i did that but i did it And so being home for five weeks after my surgery um, made my mind play tricks on me. Dealing with chemo brain is also another one. Chemo brain is real. I still struggle with it. And I hope it goes away sooner rather than later. (laughs) Sometimes I can't remember conversations, you know, that I had and I'll I'll repeat it. And, you know, they politely say, you know, you told me that, (laughs) you know.
0: Yeah, again, I I hear what you're saying. We, uh, my husband's a pastor, and we would greet people every Sunday, and he would depend on me to remember people's names. I was pretty good at it, and something about them. And he would hear me say their name and something about them, and he would piggyback on that. But after chemo, I could not remember names, and there would be people standing right in front of me that I had known 15 years, and I would have to search for their names. And when I I told my oncologist about it, and he his response was, well, you are getting older, but I yeah. said, that's not it. I, I believe chemo brain is a real deal for sure. Yeah. So when you, you said that you were uh, at home for five weeks and you, it sounds like what you're saying is that your thoughts, you had a harder time controlling your thoughts and staying focused on truth. So you would go down those trails of, of, of fear or uh, what? Fear, we're kind of, that's-
1: You had mentioned that, you know, you didn't think that you were going to die when you were first told your diagnosis. I didn't either. But that's when I did think I was like, what just happened to me? Like, oh my gosh, I have breast cancer. What does this mean? Am I going to die? Am I going to beat this? But I just tried to maintain my positive attitude and overcome that and prayed a lot. And I got through it and it was not going to beat me. That's that. I love you
0: saying that because I wrote an article saying that um, I'm a victor, not a victim, of breast cancer. I was not mm. going to let cancer be the boss in my life. And you know, Lisa, one thing, and I think it's changed a lot since um, since I had cancer, breast cancer. When my friends would call to console me, they could not say the word cancer because back then, cancer. I mean, it was a death sentence. When you would hear someone had had cancer, they were probably going to die. At least that was the perception we had. And breast cancer was a very private disease. You know, it, it was something you just didn't talk about. But when I realized the power that cancer, the word had, I started saying it over and over and over again. As soon as someone would talk to me, I would say, yes, I have cancer. And saying the word seemed to take the sting out of it. It took the power away um, and uh, somehow it was saying it's not as big as, as it thinks it is. Our mind is a really strong weapon that we can use in this battle, in every battle, but especially when we're dealing with the foreign land of cancer um, too. And I also remember the time where I realized I could die and it was Chuck and I were out for ice cream and I just started crying, I couldn't stop crying. And I said, you know, the only thing I knew about cancer was if breast cancer, if you lived for five years, you had a, a chance of beating it. And I remember saying our youngest child would only be 16 years old in five years, that he would need me more then than he needs me at that moment. So the reality of this disease and what it could do was, was really facing me down, in that moment. And it and I think all through our treatments, we have there has to be a place where we can turn when those dark thoughts start taking over or trying to take over. And so right. I really appreciate what you're saying about your faith and making choices and staying busy that you were able to stay busy with your job. Yeah. What was your treatment? You mentioned that you had a me and it sounds like lymph nodes that were taken out. So what were they specific in what your
1: prognosis was and your diagnosis and what treatment did you have? Yes. I had triple negative breast cancer. it's one of the more difficult breast cancers to treat and it's aggressive. And I suppose they caught it early, (laughs) but my my course of treatment was chemo. I had chemo for five months. Then I had the lumpectomy and then I had radiation and um, every person's different. Every breast cancer is different. And I'm, I imagine, imagine when you went through breast cancer, it was breast cancer. I'm not sure, but now it's just completely personal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And my, the way they did my course of treatment, some people have surgery first, then chemo, then radiation. But the way that they did mine was to reduce the size of the tumor with, from the chemo so that my surgery would be less invasive. So the chemo got rid of my tumor completely, except for a few microscopic dots that they still, that were still on my lymph node, which they removed, but they didn't discover them until I was in surgery when they do the biopsy right on the table. Mm. And then they know how much to remove. And then they found two more and then they removed a bigger area. And then they had to remove the outer ring of my lymph nodes and they were clear. So Mm. it didn't anywhere in my body. And then I had the radiation after that to kill any microscopic cells remaining.
0: Your doctor, your team is aggressive. And I like that. It sounds like they are leaving no stone unturned in your treatment. And even now you're still uh, taking medication, right? You're in um, like an oral chemo.
1: Yes, I'll take that for six months. And that helps stop any developing cells that are there, precancerous cells, I guess. And they say that studies have shown that it's important to do that right after radiation for Mm -hmm. six months. And then I might even do a, a clinical trial after that. Yeah. Well, those cancer cells are sneaky. They hide.
0: So that sounds like it sounds like they have pulled out all the weapons they have to get after the cancer cells in your body and that's always good. 30 years ago, 30 actually it's 30 plus years ago, there wasn't that much out there on breast cancer or how to fight the, the uh, battle except for chemo. And I really had to beat the bushes to find people who, women, who were willing to talk about it, to find resources. I remember one article I read said that when a cancer patient renews their magazine subscription, you know, they have hope because they think they're going to be, they're going to still be here. I mean, that's how really archaic the help was back then. But today... There's so much attention being given to breast cancer and so many resources. What what are some of the resources that you would recommend to women who are facing this diagnosis and this challenge?
1: Some of the places I went to first at the hospital where I was getting my treatment and I talked with unfortunately other women that I know who have gone through this and word of mouth, etc. There's an organization that I I fell in love with called Unite for Her. It's a free resource where women can get $2,000 worth of free massages, vegetables, yoga, a gym membership. You can select 12 items off of this incredible list. It's Mm. just awesome. And it just is to help you be more comfortable while you're going through such a horrible ordeal. Mm. Then another resource I found was Lisa's Army. It caught my eye because we have the same name. And some of my family and friends would call themselves Lisa's Army as they are my support system. So Lisa's Army is a gift bag filled with all sorts of supplies to help you get through your chemo treatments as comfortable as possible. That's amazing.
0: Ah, oh, it's amazing. Wonderful, it's
1: wonderful. Another one is Cleaning for a Reason, which sends someone to your home two times during your chemo treatments to clean mm. your house. Another one was Mary's Place. It's an organization that's located down the shore in Central Jersey from women wanting to be pampered for a weekend. Just, you know, on all different levels of areas that you select on what you would like to be pampered with. My most favorite is my church. The loving support I've received from my church community, knowing my friends and church family, many of them even strangers, were praying for me. And for me, prayer is huge. A lot of people ask, like, what can I do for you? And I would start off just, please pray. Pray for me. What other ways did people
0: help you practically? What were some of the practical things that your friends and family did,
1: and even your church? My church set me up with a meal plan. I um, that was awkward for me to accept that, but I thought you know they wanted to do it, and it was just so so nice. And that was, uh, I guess, for a couple months, once a week, mm-hmm. and it just took such burden off of not only me, but my husband and my kids who were helping around. And just to have that done, that was such a a load off our shoulders because I still worked full time. And just to come home and have one less thing to do was a nice gift.
0: Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Because you really don't feel like cooking after working. (laughs) And especially not when you're in chemo. That's, that's, Lisa, you've mentioned uh, your church, you've mentioned your faith, you've mentioned prayer. How has your faith sustained you through this journey? And, and frankly, not just the cancer, but uh, as you mentioned, the death of your mother when you were a young woman, the death of your brother, the sudden death of your brother recently. How is faith specifically
1: your support? Well, I feel that if I didn't have my faith, I don't know where I would be. I have such a peace in my heart knowing that I'm not the one in charge. And this is all part of God's plan. Mm. And my favorite motto, and I have it hanging on my desk at work, is worrying about it never changes the outcome. That, that quote is taken from Matthew six twenty seven or Luke twelve twenty five, But you can't change it, so why worry? I mean, we're human and we still worry, but I, I, I like having that reminder that this is part of his plan.
0: I heard Paul Miller, actually it's in his book. He talks about prayer, his book on prayer, and he said that prayer moves us from worry to watching. So instead of worrying and thinking we're going to change things, when we're praying, we start watching for the Lord to work. We start watching for things to happen that we may not have noticed because we're worrying so much. So, That's true. Yeah. And, and I think also of that scripture that promises God's going to give us treasures in the darkness, which really carried me through breast cancer and also the death of our son, where I saw that he was sending treasures to help turn my heart toward him and to help me yeah. focus on him rather than the deep loss that I felt and, and the fear that I felt and the grief that I felt. And so uh, so what are some of the practical things or are there any particular things that you did to keep your mind fixed on trusting the Lord through this time?
1: Well, I rallied around my church community, my family and friends. And the days I was weak, they were there to pick me up mm-hmm. because I can't always be positive and happy and have the a great attitude. I try. And I think I do a really good job of that. But there are days where I, I'm human and I don't. And But I've never doubted God's love, not once. And I never questioned why me and why not me. I'm no better or different than anyone else. Cancer does, certainly does not discriminate. Mm-hmm. And I have looked at this as God, as God handpicked me to have this disease. Mm-hmm. So I accepted it and plunge forward with a positive attitude. As I'm going through the healing process from all my treatments, I'm beginning to pay it forward. That's a promise I made to myself when I was first diagnosed and everyone just rallied around me wanting to offer help, wanting to do this, wanting to do that. Very humble that way. It was very hard for me to accept help because I feel like I was always the one that had to help them or be like help them, I guess. And I want to
0: pay it forward. Well, I think what you're doing right now is exactly that. You know, I think when, when we talked about you sharing your story uh, in this conversation, that's what you said to me was, if I can help somebody else, uh, even a little bit, I want to be able to do that. And so this platform is part of you keeping that promise because you're, you're letting people into a very private part of your life. And yet you're doing it with the goal of saying, hey, girlfriend, you're not alone out there. You're normal, and these, these are things that could help you in your own journey. I can't imagine you continuing to pay it forward. What else the Lord is going to give you the opportunity to do? I think that's pretty exciting to think it that It is way. exciting. Yeah, it's exciting to think that way. Lisa, how did the Lord remind you that he was and is with you in this journey?
1: Well, I never once felt abandoned by the Lord during my journey. I just felt him with me every single moment. I listen to Christian music a lot, in fact, all the time. And there are so many Christian songs out there that I feel touched me so personally through this. And some of them come on the radio at just the right time. Mm-hmm. I call that a Jesus moment. Mm-hmm. One song by my favorite band, Mercy Me, has a song, uh, a song called Even If. God is able to change your heartache in a second. But if he, if he chooses not to, my hope is still with the Lord. And you can still have peace in your heart, even though you're going through something so devastating. Another favorite song of mine is by Casting Crowns called Just Be Held. We can't always handle everything. And sometimes we just need to be held by the Lord. And one of my favorite quotes in that song is, your world's not falling apart. It's falling into place. And as I mentioned before, it's part of God's plan. This is all part of God's plan. We may not like it. We may not understand it but we have to trust in it.
0: One of the high points for you recently was that you rang the radiation bell. That had to be an incredible moment of celebration. But for those who don't know what that means, why don't you tell us what it means? What was it like? And what does the future hold for you as far as your treatment goes?
1: Well, the meaning behind ringing the bell means that you have completed all three of your treatments and that you were a strong and brave warrior. It was a huge emotional undertaking to have completed your treatments. And when you think you'll never get there and you're finally there, because when I was first diagnosed last December, and they said you have five months of chemo to go through, I couldn't even imagine five months from now. Like I'm going to be going through this for five months, but as you're going through the journey, it's so slow. But that's been 11 months now. One thing about having three treatments such as chemo, surgery, and radiation in any given order, one alone cannot cure you. All three together cured me. Mm. So that's what they told me from the get-go that I'd be going through. And so to be finally finished and ring that radiation bell, that was a huge deal. (laughs) Did your family celebrate celebrate (laughs) somehow? I celebrated every step of the way when I was yeah. done chemo when I was done my surgery just any milestone mm-hmm. and I have lots of countdowns <laughs> I have a new countdown with this chemo pill and yes I will celebrate after that Lisa I know
0: that cancer changed the way I view life and I'm wondering
1: how has it changed your perspective of everyday life when you get that diagnosis of cancer it hits you like a ton of bricks and it, it takes a long time to process it. And everybody, I'm sure, processes it differently. And the length of time you process it, it's differently for everybody. But how it changed my life, it was amazing. And I'm not going to say you need cancer for it to change your life, but I em- embraced the opportunity to live life to its fullest. And I look, well, I, I still think of myself as a healthy person because I was before this. And this is just a little setback, but I thought while I'm still young and healthy, I'm going to go do things, and I'm not going to sit back and and wait and think, oh, I'll get to that next year. And it, you know, my favorite place to be is at the beach or around water. Water is so soothing to me. And anytime my husband and I have an opportunity, we grab that opportunity, even if it's just an hour away. Even if it's 15 minutes away to have dinner on water, I just want to be near water. It really calms me and I, gra- I embrace that opportunity rather than missing out on an opportunity that I may never get again.
0: Well, as we're wrapping up our conversation,
1: Lisa, I'm thinking about
0: the woman who's just heard that she has breast cancer and she just heard it, doesn't know where to turn. She's still in shock, trying to process what would you say to her is the most important step for her to take a practical step, a spiritual step just what what would you say is the most practical thing she can do right off the bat?
1: When I first was told I had breast cancer and I started to share it with my family and friends, one of my friends who had breast cancer two years prior to me, she texts me, "Do not be afraid," and I thought i'm terrified. Mm-hmm. how could I not be afraid. But until I got a plan in place, you kind of don't know what is going to happen to you, what they're going to do, what this all means. And once the plan was in place, it was like a calm came over me. And then I I realized that my attitude is everything. So I made sure it was positive because I really believe having a positive attitude is huge. And I did a lot of walking I walked everywhere. I walk, you know, even if you are unable to walk far, walk around your kitchen, walk, walk out to get the mail, walk up the street, around the block. Just so whatever you do, get up and move. And I walked a lot through my chemo. And I think that helped me keep up my strength. And I think the stronger you are, the better you are emotionally and physically. And what I found also is to look for the joy in every day. One of the worst things for me, like I mentioned before, was losing my hair. And you wonder how could you possibly find joy in the loss of a, of your hair, particularly as a woman. Well, here's a silly story. The one joy I found in having a bald head was in liking the water from the shower hitting my scalp. When you have a full head of hair, you don't. It's not the same. Who knew? <laughs> So, I found it invigorating and I just thought, I love this. And I never wanted to get out of the shower after that. <laughs> but, but I, you know, you have to find joy in everything. And I found joy even in that. And lastly, if I didn't have my trust in the Lord, I don't know where I would be. I think I would feel alone. And I, but having His trust, I never felt alone and, or abandoned. And it gave me such comfort having that. Well, thank you, Lisa, so much for
0: sharing so transparently your story. I I know, I wish that 30 some years ago when I had been diagnosed with breast cancer that I had had this resource. I would have have soaked it up like uh, someone dying of thirst because you've given so many good practical things as well as given us tools for walking by faith in this unknown territory. I'm Sharon Betters, and you have been listening to a conversation with Lisa Cole. I just know that you, what you have heard is giving you help and hope in your own journey. And I think whether you are struggling with cancer, or know someone who is, or whether you just need to be encouraged in the Lord the way that Lisa was in her battle, I know that you have experienced a word from Him. He will be with you, just like Lisa said, when you know Jesus. That's the one thing that you don't have to worry about in a battle like this, is whether or not God is going to keep His presence of His promise. He does not leave His children alone, no matter what the personal life crisis is. It's very possible that you're listening and you don't have breast cancer, but there's some other life crisis where you really are desperate for help and hope. And I bet that you could find a story just like Lisa's when you visit markinc.org, that's M-A-R-K-I-N-C.org, where we have lots of free resources of stories just like Lisa's. In fact, you can also find the story of my husband and myself where we share my battle with breast cancer. And if you're a husband or your husband is struggling to know how to help you, I encourage you to listen to that interview together. So again, go to markinc.org, M-A-R-K-I-N-C.org, where you will discover many, many resources designed to offer help and hope to hurting people. Thank you so much for listening.